0: before we jump into this episode let's hear from our friend joseph and the cognitive discourse why hello there i'm about to make a prediction and that prediction is you like podcasts if that's true then make your way over to the cognitive discourse where we have monologues short stories and open discussions and every now and then i get a little ranty If this sounds like something you're interested in, then go check us out. We're streaming on all major platforms, and hell, we're even on YouTube. New episodes out every Friday. I hope to see you there. i'm matthew thomas this is super cool radio listeners of every podcast i love is dead should be familiar with this band with me at this time earlier this year they released a brand new single entitled mild hearts please welcome indie rock duo from the atl Bellweather.
1: hey guys how's it a good? lot happy to be here
0: Thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Very excited to chat with you. Uh, as I said um, uh, in my intro, uh, I really enjoyed your interview with my good friend Nolan of Every Podcast. The love Is dead, so I'm definitely look forward to chatting with you guys.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. Nolan's a great dude.
2: Yeah, he's been uh, he's been super gracious to us and has played our music seemingly at every turn, and is just always super pumped to to support people. And he's just you know it's always great when uh, somebody really loves music and really wants to to help the little guy out you know so
0: oh definitely he's very supportive especially uh, guests of his show and just music he really enjoys he's very supportive especially when he when he does play music on his show he's he always gives them shout outs and uh, he treats every, everyone really well
1: absolutely
2: yeah, he's a good guy. We'd love to meet him eventually, but, uh, you know, Canada we'll and uh, f- Atlanta are a little far away.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: Yeah, that would be a little bit of a trip, especially with uh, everything going on uh, in Canada and everything. Yes. But uh, making up Bellwether, before we get too far, uh, we have Isaac and Nate of Bellwether for uh, hanging out with me here for this episode. And kind of before we jump into everything... Uh, I want to start with kind of a very relevant topic, especially for you guys. Uh, the pandemic really changed everything, uh, in this world as we know it. What, what is something you've learned about yourself because of the pandemic?
1: Um, well, for me, I think it just made it so evident how quickly things can just change. I mean, it seemingly changed overnight. Um, and... I guess for me personally, I realized how much I, I crave relationships. And I realized that, I mean, I think everybody does, but you just really realize that once they're taken away, I mean, people were afraid to hang out with each other and you just didn't know what to do. And um, I, I think that was, that was a really big one because I mean it really was some people are still you know, kind of, kind of weird about hanging out and big group settings. Um, But I would, it it really was like a year before I saw some of my friends. It's just, it it was, it was pretty wild to experience that. Yeah. um, For me,
2: um, my day job is being a chef and uh, you know, I got into that industry because you basically can go anywhere and cook because everybody has to eat. Right. And so, you know, seemingly overnight, you know, my wife and I were in Boston at that point and uh, you know, overnight about 90% of the entire city that was working in restaurants lost their jobs, you know, and one of the most uh, reliable industries, you know, cooking for people kind of just became, you know, not a viable career anymore. And so, you know, my wife and I moved from uh, Boston to Atlanta. I had lived here before. My wife is technically from here. Her her parents live here. My nieces live here, all of that. Isaac lives here. Um, but, um, you know, for me, it was just one of those things where life just really just shifted really quickly. And it, and it, for me, in an industry that, you know, generally relies on people working ridiculous hours, you know, and I found myself without work, um, you know, it, it kind of rearranged my priorities. and went, like, you know what, this really isn't as important as I thought it was. And climbing this ladder wasn't exactly as, you know, important as I thought it was. And kind of like Isaac said, relationships kind of came to the forefront where you kind of go, man, I've missed out on a lot. And now you know, I do have the chance to kind of take a deep breath and say, all right, what am I, you know, what's really important to me and what, what do I really want to pursue? So that was kind of the big, I guess, uh, shift for me in my life um, in the last, you know, year and a half to two years. And it's kind of just progressed from there. But, but yeah, so that that's, that's the biggest thing that shifted for me in my life.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially, uh, you know, food industry and entertainment industries really hit hard, you know, oh, yeah. from, uh, from the pandemic, you know, from going working, you know, every day or six days a week to pretty much working almost little to no hours. Obviously, you know, affects everything, uh, especially, um, and Isaac said about the uh, just the relationships and being with people, you know, not, not being able to see people, you know, on a normal schedule or, you know, a month or a year, even later than that. Uh, it definitely changed a lot of stuff. I know for me, it was definitely um, changing my priorities because my priorities was either like working you know, a job mm-hmm. and then like if I had free time, I would do my super cool radio stuff. And now it's like, I kind of want to make my focus, you know, my podcast. And, yeah. you know, to actually make, you know, grow that and actually um, uh, make it, uh, you know, bigger and more established. Yeah. Like, I feel like
1: it, there was so much bad with with COVID, but it also brought Nate to Atlanta and it made this whole thing possible, which we probably never could have done, Yeah, you know, outside of this. So it's like we tried to make some good out of all the bad. And I I, I feel like music, I mean, we both went through a lot of bad stuff in the last couple of years and mu- music really, really helped us through that. Yeah, it was definitely our savior for sure. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> I, I think that's it's almost everyone's uh, to some degree. I know it's mine for yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah. Just listen to music, kind of escaping the the real world for a little bit. All the issues going on in the world, and just sure. to some great music and connecting with it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that you know it unites people. You know, it's it kind of unites people around a common purpose and. You know, you can have absolutely nothing in common with the person standing to your left at a show, but you're there because you are there to see, you know, a few bands, and you know every lyric, they know every lyric, and you can sing together, you can, you know, get, in to, get into the show together, and it, it really just kind of, you know, it bonds you to, to strangers that you may, again, may never have anything in common with or have any other reason to have a bond with, but, you know, you and, you know, two or twenty thousand people can have that same you know that same connection point and it's it's a really it's a really special thing
0: it definitely is i made quite a few friends from you know going to different uh venues yep. that i've uh traveled and have shows and stuff and it just it's just so cool you know and the next time in that area that city you know okay like, hey, you want to hang out before the show or something just it, again it's it's that music um yeah. it it's the one common thing that you know everyone there is there to see the bands on the stage
2: yeah
0: exactly so and for you guys uh before bellwether how did you guys get started as musicians i do know uh you guys were in uh, a band together right
1: yeah we uh we were in a band together for almost a decade maybe maybe eight or nine years um but we actually really got started in ninth grade um, in Nate's basement. We started playing Green Day, MXPX, Nirvana covers. Um, you know, I had this little like seventy dollar Ibanez guitar, and uh, <laughs> Nate, say- Nate had his Nate had his uh, Mapex drum set. But yeah, we just uh, we did covers for a long time and. I mean Nate's really just playing electric guitar with Nate and playing covers really really kind of got the ball rolling and mean the rest is kind of history yeah we
2: uh yeah we started in in my basement and then uh you know throughout high school we we played in lots of different bands it, for some reason i mean we're 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 from a, a little small town in Ohio called Ashland it's like an hour north of Columbus, an hour south of Cleveland, you know, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. We would go to shows in Cleveland. We would go to shows in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Um, but we actually had, you know, we actually had quite a few really good musicians at our high school and, uh, everybody just really just played with everybody. You know, we'd have punk rock shows at the VFW or, you know, in our buddy Matt's barn, you know, in November, everybody's freezing their butts off and, you know, we have, electrical heaters that are shorting everything out you know and you know just you know high school talent shows just like the whole thing you know and uh yeah we had we had quite a few really good musicians that we all got along and there wasn't really some people had an ego thing about it but like most of the people that we played with didn't and so like yeah we would play at church events we would just play local shows and we just a lot of us it was just skateboarding and and you know playing music and so we just um yeah it just ended up being something that was really kind of fertile for everybody and everybody just kind of got to hang out and really just play good music some some bands played covers other others played originals but you know it was just kind of a it was a cool little it was a cool little scene i mean you know it wasn't huge but it was still extremely formative you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and then you know, Isaac and I played in a band here in Atlanta for, for like you said, about eight or nine years, and, and we got to do a lot of really, really great things. We got to do a, uh, two EPs and a full-length record, and we got to tour, and we played with uh, Angels and Airwaves and Four Year Strong, and, you know, got to open up for a lot of bands. I had a pretty good following here, um, and it was, you know, kind of up until the end was uh, was really fun, and we got to... Got to do some things that I don't think Isaac and I ever thought that we would get to do in our lives from where we, from where we started. So, um, yeah, Isaac and I, all told, we've probably been playing music together for almost 25 years. Yes. So... It, which is kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> it definitely is. And I know um, my uh, real quick thing I wanted to say, like a, a barn show in the Midwest sounds super Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Yes.
2: We literally was, ran an electrical really cord from the main, from our buddy's main house all the way out to the barn. And then, yeah, I don't know how it powered amp. anything. Yeah. yeah. We played, plugged every amp and every, you know, whatever, all into this one plug yeah how it didn't burn down i have no idea but that's what we did
0: (laughs) there's so many fire hazards in just that one sentence
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah just with the sentence (laughs) totally worth it (laughs) uh yeah no that's super midwest i i totally feel you guys yeah I, I would work on cars at my friend's house, and he would have like three kerosene heaters going on, you know, just going on. And it, I, I'm surprised everything was fine. He had enough power, which is good, but it, it would just it would, it would smell like it was burning the whole time. Oh so.
1: yeah, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy,
2: man. But yeah, the, it's it was fun, you know. We we had some we had some good times, you know, cutting our teeth, you know, just playing just playing music together, you know, and just, again, everybody just showing up with their instruments. You know, some people were better than others. Some people, you know, sucked pretty bad. Other people were, you know, extremely proficient, but it didn't matter. You know, we just, we all showed up for a love of music and, and that was, that was enough, you know?
0: And I think that's kind of the way it should be with like a local scene is everyone is supporting each other. And, uh, you know, encouraging each other to obviously play and have fun because that's, to me, if you're not having fun doing music, you, you know, there's not really too much of a point, you know, with it because it should be fun. And I think that's how local sh- local scenes, wherever they are, uh, should be operating.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, and obviously, so from, uh, from Ohio, obviously you guys live in uh, Atlanta now. Uh, so what's kind of like the, the music scene uh, in Atlanta now? Well, obviously, like. Well, how uh, about we say like uh, pre-pandemic first?
1: <laughs> I was going to say cuz it's totally different. Um I would say I, I mean it was honestly I would I would even say maybe f- 3 to 5 years pre-pandemic I feel like it was at its peak. Maybe even longer ago than that. Um I, I it, it's a great music scene um back in the day. Um i feel like now um talking i guess currently post-pandemic the bands that remain are the bands that kind of made it pre-pandemic um you know like bands like manchester orchestra where they've got an amazing following they're amazing dudes like super talented but i feel like a lot of the smaller bands that may have been going in that direction everything halted and a lot of those bands just fizzled out and I feel like the local scene is I hope it's trending in the right direction Um, Nate and I haven't really been in it for a long time so I don't really know what it's like um, but it seems like it's not what it used to be and I hope that that's going to change and I hope it's heading in the right direction, but it's so hard to know. And I feel like the pandemic really just kind of, it did a number on music and I know it's not just Atlanta, it's everywhere.
0: That's kind of what happened with like, uh, you know, where I am with uh, in South Bend too, is that um, like everything kind of just slowed down, you know, there were shows, but now, stuff's not happening. So like venues, you know, they're not getting their revenue. So they're closing down and, you know, bands are either falling, you know, going on hiatus or disbanding or stuff. So I think it's definitely, that's kind of what's happened all across probably the world, honestly, with the way, you know, the pandemic hit.
2: Yeah. um, I was in, like I said, we were in Boston and, you know, before the pandemic, I mean, we were going to shows and everything was, was really, really great. And, you know went and saw Manchester Orchestra in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we went and saw Hot Red Circuit in Brighton and, you know, all these different places and the the shows were really great. And then I think the first show that we went to once we got back uh to Atlanta, we went and saw Julian Baker at um at a venue here called Variety Playhouse. And, you know, again it was probably the first show that we went to, you know, since since everything kind of shut down and and it was, it was a pretty good show, and, you know, there were still quite a few people there. But, again, to Isaac's point, a lot of the bands that were extremely established before this have, you know, obviously probably seen lower numbers and all these things. And, you know, we've obviously seen many bands cancel tours and, you know, if not whole tours, you know, shows along the way. And, you know, I think it's the smaller bands that really have kind of, struggle to kind of establish things because we've played we've played three shows we've been technically you know officially doing this since july and we played three shows and you know again it, it depends on what venue you're playing what band you're playing with you know there's a lot of factors that are involved but like the show's been great don't get me wrong you know and it's as a beginning band I mean, as many times as you're able to play live is to your benefit because you know you're learning to play live together, you're learning you know how to how to do this project for other people. Um, but you know, we've had anywhere between 20 and 50 people, which again is not anything to to be upset about by any means, but um, it's it's definitely, like Isaac said, it's it's definitely a little bit different than it was before, and it seems like people, will show up for the bigger bands and show up for the, the kind of like the headliners. Um, But then people are kind of scared for the, the the smaller, more intimate shows um, to kind of come out and see the local bands. Again, that might be just a small snapshot um, that we're seeing. Um, But, you know, it it does. You're definitely seeing a lot less, you know, a lot lower numbers uh, out right now, which, Is unfortunate, you know.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, and especially with everything. I I would hate being a tour manager for any kind of like. Oh, I can't even
1: imagine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so you know, someone got COVID, so these two weeks we have to reschedule for like here. So Mm -hmm. these shows got to go here. I would, I I would hate it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah I mean, it. there are there are huge bands that have to cancel their whole tour. And I mean, they've already bought millions of dollars worth of merch. Like I just on that level, I, I can't imagine how in all the people at the venues, you know, you think about how many people work for large artists. That's so many people out of work. Yeah, it's just been a mess.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially this has been going on for, you know, over two years now yeah. with, with with everything. So not having like a steady paycheck or never know exactly when you're going to work or how long you're going to work, yep. that, that, that would drive me crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get some traction with this, you know, and we can kind of, you know, just get start to, you know, kind of get back to. Back to normal life because I mean I mean you know socially economically I mean it has just been a seismic shift uh, around the world and you know uh, I mean all of us all of us are going to see the effects of this for so long you know like we haven't we haven't seen the last of the effects of it and hopefully we can at least start to get some positive momentum you know and at least. <laughs> Be ahead of the negative, <laughs> negative consequences. Hopefully,
0: I think that's that's the only thing you can hope for now. And very good observation that you know we're going to see this. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing effects for this for ten plus years. Yeah, just, for sure. Like everything, Then, you know, the stuff's still getting you know with the you know people uh, still not getting back to work fully yet. With you know almost you know, many industries, you know, we're still seeing those effects.
2: Yeah and just the shift from one industry to another, like the, the culinary industry, we had a lot of people that were just like, nah, man, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this anymore. You know, we're just going to go do something else. And then, you know, chefs and, managers are like man we can't hire anybody it's like well they didn't really like working the hours and the, you know what i mean they didn't like the conditions they were working in so they peaced out and they went and found something else that so they could actually see their families and still make a living you know and so they they went somewhere else it's not that they're not there it's just they're not in your industry anymore because you didn't take care of them you know so it's just there, there's been a lot of that
0: as well very dude honestly super super good point with everything and that's why like you see a lot of industries struggling especially like Mm -hmm. i would say the blue collar and like the restaurant entertainment absolutely it just it's just because of like the uh you know the people shifting to different industries ones that's more favorable favorable for them you know for them to actually live a life
2: yeah yeah
1: absolutely
0: and so, before before we get too far, uh, we talk about, I could talk about that a lot.
1: Yeah, uh, we could talk but, about uh, that.
0: <laughs> but, uh, for you guys, so uh, obviously we kind of know how you guys came together. Obviously you've been together, uh, you know, being musicians for 25 years. And uh, and so, but uh, how'd you come up with the name Bellwether? How'd you come up with the name Bellwether? There we go. Nate,
1: that's you, man. <laughs>
2: So, uh, like we said, we're both from Ohio, and uh, and so when we were kind of coming up with a band name, because you know when I when I got back, um, my wife and I we were living in my my in-laws' basement, and uh, I'd been storing my drums there just because you know I we lived in Boston, I can't exactly do that in a Boston apartment, you know, um, <laughs> neighbors get a little upset. Um, so you know Isaac and I had you know we've been talking, you know we've been friends for we've been best friends since fourth grade so like we we've still been talking we were talking all the way through right so we finally got back here and you know we finally got to a point where we're like hey you know what do you want to start playing music again and so similarly to how we started when we got back we started playing covers again we just kind of came up with like Eight or 10 songs to learn and we just started learning them and then we started writing you know originals as we kind of got more comfortable and got back into the swing of playing together and uh so then once we kind of had some originals and we were like man i think we could really do this um you know the obvious next question is like what are we going to call ourselves right so i basically went on the internet and kind of just, <laughs> it was just I, I was just kind of like looking at Ohio's history, to be honest. Like I went to, I literally went to the Ohio Wikipedia page. And I was just like reading down through about Ohio and like all the different parts of it. And so we had kind of a a few different a few different options. And um, basically, the, as I was reading down through, it said that that Ohio, in the, the political sense, is a bellwether state. It's like kind of a political term, right? So wherever Ohio goes in an election, usually, you know, that's where the election goes. So like the, the term comes from back in the day, like sheep herders, they would have, where, wherever there would be a sheep that was like the leader of the group, they would put a bell on it. And as the bell was was ringing, the sheep would follow that that bell. So again, it's like kind of like seeing where popular culture is going or seeing where an election is going or seeing where, you know, kind of like a leader is going. So we kind of that kind of stuck with us a little bit. Um, we had some other options. Station Hope was another one that we really liked. So we kind of adopted that because that was uh, another name for Cleveland because it was one of the last northern stops on the uh, Underground Railroad, and it became kind of a uh, kind of a safe haven for people fleeing slavery. And so we thought that was you know a really uh, cool concept and a really cool name as well. So like anything that we generally post uh it's either station hope studios or station hope records and that's just kind of like our whole thing again it's just like a lot of the stuff that we've done has just been pseudo ohio themed just because that's kind of our beginnings and kind of our history and so bellwether we just we like the name we like the sound of it we like the look of it whenever we put it on you know like a a label or a, a you know try to make merch or whatever and you know the last band we were in the title of the band it was a little confusing you know it didn't really look great on things and people kind of thought it was weird and we just kind of wanted something that was you know short and something that we we could really get behind and uh and just sounded good you know and so bellwether uh just became it became something that we really liked and it just kind of just it really fit
0: i definitely like the the nods to ohio obviously where you guys came from uh i, I really like that and uh you know, looking up stuff on the internet so relatable to the stuff I do and how I grew up with some cool radio. So, but yeah, and all the, all the nods in history to Ohio I think is really awesome.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah kinda... like Nate said, uh, we, we did Station Hope because that Station Hope and Bellwether were definitely the front runners, and then we kind of just adopted Station Hope into, like, our made-up for now uh, record label, but we, you know, we'd love to potentially do something with it. But we're trying to put some things in place that you know,
2: if, if things do move forward, that we can, yeah. that we can really kind of solidify and really uh, and really kind of get behind that that could eventually support what we're doing. You know,
0: exactly. And I think that's kind of the, the hope with everything. Obviously, with you guys, and uh, you know, even the, the stuff I do is like you want to solidify yourself that. You know, what you love doing is also like your, you know, the way the, uh, your job, your way of life, the, you know, stuff that you actually can, you know, make successful and profitable and, you know, live, uh, and uh, make a living out of it. I think that's what you know everyone's hoped for, you know, with the stuff they love doing.
2: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been really, one of the things that it's been really great it, the kind of the development of, of, the music industry obviously there's good examples and bad examples of of it but like just the accessibility of being able to record at home and being able to you know have you know for you to be able to run a podcast from your house and have like a good microphone a good setup and being able to you know have platforms that are free or you know cost very little for you to get your content out there like for musicians distro kid i mean the fact that it's free And you can just put yourself out there and have, you know, one song on, you know, 15 different platforms is is unbelievable, you know, and obviously there's crappy bands out there that are able to do that. But there's also really good bands out there that aren't able to spend the money to go into a studio and, you know, do these things like at our show on Friday, I was talking to one of my friends and he, his band is about to go into the studio. And I was like, you know what? I took all the money that I would have spent to go in a studio. And I just bought a bunch of stuff to record in my house, you know, cause then Isaac and I are able to, to record and do whatever we want, whenever we want to do it, you know? And it, it really, it's something that, that gives you kind of incredible power. You know, if you, do it correctly and you approach it correctly and know your limitations i mean most notably but like you know making sure that you are able to to put out a product that you're proud of and put out something that you can really get behind and believe in but like just being able to do that is something that when we were playing in a band before like we couldn't even dream of you know i think the last time we went in the studio i think we paid ten thousand dollars you know what i mean like that's an that's an unbelievable amount of money just to like go put out your music you know it's just it's i can't even fathom it now
0: yeah definitely And i think uh more bands are kind of realizing that especially I especially think because of the pandemic i think people are realizing that you can record at home you have you know more of a flexible schedule you can save money and uh you can make the music you want to make not like rush to make music because like well we have studio time we only have this amount of time i mean we got to pump out this you know these music you know these songs i think people kind of realize that i can do it myself or i can at least you know get it uh record it and then have someone else master it or something like that i think there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot more options now for people who want to record but can't uh, either afford or have access to a studio
1: yeah me and nate Kind of from the beginning of this band, I mean, it's still really young, but we kind of were just like, we started this for ourselves. And obviously it'd be great to have fans, but like we're fine if we just play in Nate's house, just jam together and write music. Like I'm happy just to do that. Um, So we just kind of, we kind of started this like, Nate, let's just make this me and you. Let's finally release the kind of music that we've been wanting to release that's 100% us, and let's do it ourselves. Let's, you know, design our own merch. Let's design our own, you know, website. Just let's let's do it all ourselves because we want to put out exactly who we are. And so far, we've done that. Like, yeah, it's been... It's made a lot of things really difficult, but it's been incredibly rewarding when there's any type of feedback because we know we've, like, kind of built this from the ground up ourselves and, you know, it's it's kind of all on us. And we don't need anything from it, like everything we need from it we're already getting because I just needed to play music again with my best friend and it's it's just been amazing. Yeah. And, uh,
2: and Isaac and I both are really creative people and, you know, different, different areas. Uh, Isaac is, a re- he's always been like a really talented artist. So a lot of our, all of our merch, all of our posters, all of that stuff is completely designed by him. All basically the aesthetic that we have is all because of Isaac's vision and Isaac's, uh, Isaac's thought process with it. And, you know and then when he and i come together we both we've like i said we've been playing music together for for over 20 years and we i know how isaac writes he knows how i write and we're able to to really sometimes it takes a little bit but most of the time it's a pretty quick pretty quick process when we're writing songs because uh I mean, we've known each other for so long. We know each other so well personally and musically that like, we really can just kind of fine tune things pretty quickly and really kind of just move through it. Um, and then, you know, we're also, we also kind of set out for ourselves to be extremely honest about what we're doing, yeah. whether it's lyrics, whether it's approach to a song, whether it's our pro- our approach with each other, like, mm-hmm like dude this sucks like let's move on or like this is great let's let's keep let's keep moving you know regardless of what it is like our it's really nice to be able to kind of keep our cards close make our decisions and then just really just kind of like move through it and have it just be ours you know and and hopefully we're able to kind of build this thing that, that people can get behind because like we're, Isaac is writing extremely honest songs while he's giving his daughter a bath at night, you know, like we're, and then we come, we come together on a Tuesday night, you know, we, we both have lives and we both have, you know, stresses and all these things and, and music becomes this cathartic thing where we come together on a Tuesday night and just go, okay, cool. Like nothing else matters now. Like let's just mm-hmm. let's just play music. Let's let's just let let's get out these songs. Let's get out the, this melody, this drum part, this whatever that really is just gonna like move our lives forward and just like make make things a little bit better for you know the two hours or whatever that we're playing. And you know, and again, when people come see us live, like we want people. I get a little stressed out when, you know, shows come around, but because there's a lot of moving parts. But like, you know, we, we want people to come see us and be like, man, these these guys don't want to be anywhere else. Like this is this is what they want to do. This is who they are. And, and and this is the this is the music that that is just flowing out of them. You know, it's not it's not commercialized. It's not, you know, it's not gimmicky. It's just it's literally who we are and what we want to do you know, and it's, it, it. we approach it from that honest perspective in all aspects, leading from Isaac personal interactions all the way up to us playing live and, and playing songs, you know? So it's just, we just, honestly, we just, we love these songs. We love this band. And and we just, we would love to be able to do it for a living, you know, whatever that looks like in the, in the musical landscape now.
0: Yeah, definitely. and, Working, you know, as you guys have been, you know, friends for twenty plus years, like working together, you already kind of know, how, you know, how the person you know thinks and reacts to stuff. So you already kind of have that kind of, you know, uh, edge to the way you write it. They're like, all right, I know he's, you know, I know how he's going to think. So we try like something like this, or try something like that, or be like, you know, what this totally isn't working, not feeling it, and just being honest with each other. The way you guys are, the way you guys, you know, you're not, you're not you know portraying a gimmick or anything like that just you guys being yourselves i think people will um be attracted to that because unfortunately nowadays there's so much uh, you know fakeness and uh stuff that's just not real people are starting to see through that
1: yeah i um i definitely feel that way you know it's it's tough like you know you you as a as a writer and as a musician you you totally like put your heart out there and you're being very vulnerable and then you know when there's 15 people at your show you're like uh you know it's hard to not take anything personally or at like negative feedback or you know that's always what sticks with you um but you know you it's hard to not be bitter as a musician. You know, you, you hear what's on the radio, you see artists that just seem like they don't even care. You know, it's more just like a job. Um, But I do, like you said, I, it does seem like there's a little bit of a shift and I think people are really starting to be drawn more to honest music and to actual, you know, live music again and bands that, Play their own instruments and write, you know, real songs. So, I'd like to think that we're headed that way, and hopefully, we can, you know, be a part of that train. It would be, it would be a dream.
0: For sure, I do hope uh, you know things. uh, You know, obviously, work out for you guys. That you guys, uh, you know, you can make this a living because that's my hope for like everyone I have on my show. That, That is my hope for everybody.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, everybody wants to do what they, what they love to do for a living. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you hope it's not a pipe dream, you know, you, you want it to be something that they can come to fruition. Um, so, you know, we're just, again, we're just trying to put one foot in front of the other and put out, you know, again, things that, that we truly believe in and things that that at the end of the day, regardless of, of what people how people react. We wanted to go, man. You know what? Yeah, we weren't number one on Billboard, but like this was this was what we wanted to put out at this point, and like we have no regrets about it, you know. And and again, at the end of the day, like the fact that Isaac and I are able to put out music and able to play music together and are able to be, you know, in this band is is a gift. Every time that we're able to play music, every time we're able to even as practice in my spare bedroom, this is my spare bedroom in my house. You know what I mean? Where we record, we, we write, we, you know, do all this stuff in my rental house. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a gift. And at the end of the day, regardless of how many streams we do or do not have, or how many shows we do or do not have, like at the end of the day, like this is still awesome, you know, and we still love it. And we're still able to, to show up and play music. And like it, that's enough you know and the day that it's not enough that's when i start to get scared and i go you know what like what are we actually doing this for anyways you know
0: that is a great way to look at it and a great perspective to come from because you know being able to do stuff that you love is is a gift you know honestly like you know me interviewing people that's that's a gift for, for me you guys playing music, having fun with, you know, with your best friend, I think is a gift that should be shared, especially, you know, you know, coming after 2020 where you couldn't see as many people or you couldn't, um, you know, see people as much as you wanted to. I think doing that, doing that stuff is uh, truly incredible and fun.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: <clears throat> and there's something I do want to touch uh, on before we move to the game show segment And that is, like, you guys, as you said, you guys are very DIY. And I know, like, that has kind of got, like, a negative connotation for, you know, the way some people look at it because some people think it's, like, low quality or you're not going to be able to compete with the way other people are doing things. But I think nowadays, like, being able to do everything yourself and on your own uh, schedule and the way you want to do it, I think is incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah, I will say um, it, it's been amazing. Um, it, it's awesome that, you know, if we write a song, um, we can kind of record it on a whim without paying $2,500 to record it. Um, but it, it definitely it definitely is beneficial and it definitely has some challenges. Um, like Mild Hearts was, it tested both Nate and I's patience. Like it, for whatever reason, that song was it song was so difficult to record and release i i don't know what it is about that song but it, it definitely tested our patience um but yeah i mean we're, we're definitely doing it in a time where you know we we couldn't do this 10 years ago or we could have but it would have been very difficult um so it's got a lot of benefits but it's 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 got some drawbacks too but i mean i wouldn't change it yeah it's it's one of those things where
2: um you know you buy you like you get the best equipment you can right for the money that you you're able to spend and um you know i have to stop myself from buying things because you know it's just kind of a rabbit hole <laughs> which i which i don't <laughs> talk to my wife um but uh <laughs> so uh, anyways you know you get you get the best things you can and you know you record it when you're able you know and schedules are challenging and all of that um and like I said earlier, like knowing your limitations, we have a buddy that has mixed and mastered all of our stuff, except for this last, this last one that we released. Um, And he's done a really good job and the mixing and mastering, you know, you have to have very specific equipment. That's not very cheap and you know, all these different things. And so like that becomes something where you go, okay, cool. I can spend the 200 bucks there, you know? And so you just, As long as you are, as long as you are savvy and smart about what you do, you know, you really can get it done. And, um, and for me, I, I just, I watch so many YouTube videos. I read articles. I, you know, I go through and I just, you know, I've got my setup here that I really like, and I've. I just keep getting better as I go through because you know you learn Pro Logic better and you you know you learn this miking technique or you watch this person they do this and you know you kind of just learn it as you go through and Isaac and I have actually kind of gotten to a point where we you know <laughs> we've gone through some trial and error which has you know delayed things which you know until you kind of like figure out your process like that's just natural. You know, but, like, at this point, Isaac has a small setup at his house he's really comfortable with where he can record bass, guitar, vocals, and, and uh, and like, synth and stuff. And he's able to do it on his time. He doesn't have to, not that he lives that far away from me, but, like, he doesn't have to come all the way over to my house. And, you know, we don't have to, like, struggle to get things done. I get my drums done at my house. I get them edited. I get them, you know, where I need them to be, and I send them over to him. He lives 15 minutes from me, but I still, I send him over to him. He records everything else and he sends all that back to me and then I mix it and we go from there and it's kind of a very like postal service process, but like it works out, you know, cause you know, we both have families, we both have jobs. And you know, the, the one, the one thing I miss, I will say about the, like going to a studio and recording process is like when we played a band before we went out to chico california and we usually go out there for like anywhere from like three weeks to like three months and obviously you can figure out that that obviously has financial ramifications life ramifications all that right but the one good thing about that was that you could literally just like go away and separate yourself from your life and go play music you know for two to three months and really just like put yourself into it you don't have to think about anything else all you had to think about was recording that's really great coming back to what we do it's like we're trying to get this done in the midst of everything that we do every day in life and you know wives and children and like all these different things and so like the the concentration factor and like you know things like that become a little bit of an issue but like again i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for the world because i i really enjoy the recording process and i really enjoy you know learning more about it and all these things but you know there's there's obviously advantages and disadvantages to both but um you know the the power of being able to just like for us to be able to write a song on a monday and then go hey do you have two days off this week? Cool. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? And be able to like get a song done, get it mixed and mastered. And like, if you have the time and and the facility, like you can get it done in three days. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that was unheard of, you know, five to 10 years ago, but now, now you've got that, that, that power and that ability to do it. And again, advantages and disadvantages, but it's, it's, it's worked out really well for us.
0: I think definitely you got to find something that like works for you guys. And I think you guys have a system down or at least, you know, obviously there's, you know, you can always improve on stuff, but I think for you guys, I think you have a very good system in place of the way you're able to do everything. And, you know, trial and error is like super, you know, natural with the stuff. I, I watched like some of my videos I made and then I look at the stuff now and it's like, I can see where I've progressed with stuff. And I think that's very, you know, a very natural process. I know I was, Talk. I had a job interview, and uh, the the guy asked me like, "What programs I used to edit videos?" And he, um, you know, I told him, and he like, he, he actually he cut the interview off. He's like, he did not like the programs I used, so like, I didn't get the <laughs> job. And I'm like, I'm like thinking like, that is so like, that doesn't make much sense to me. And I'm like, and so there's obviously advantages and disadvantages to everything, but you have to find something that works for the way you guys are set up. And it seems like you guys have kind of really found a groove with that.
2: Yeah, we really have. And it's, um, again, it's mild hearts for whatever reason. Oh my God. Like we were just like, we were just fucking railing against it. It was just like, I, I don't we we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it just like we finally were just like we got it, like we got to just get this done.
1: We got to get I, it out. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably the closest Nate's ever been to killing me is the mild <laughs> the mild hearts process because I man, it yeah, it was it was just brutal. Yeah. Then,
0: now I'm kind of interested. I, uh, I'm gonna push the game show off just for a little bit. I do want to hear about this. So writing and recording mild hearts. Uh, how was it other than extremely uh, stressful and avoiding murder? So the, the
1: weird thing about mild hearts is like, I, I just, in one night I wrote it on my acoustic and like this, that song just kind of happened very quickly. I took it to Nate. I played it on my electric that's pretty much every, how every one of our writing processes go. Like, i'll either have a whole song or i'll have like an intro and i take it to nate and i'm like nate keep it or scrap it so um and then he'll you know he'll give his two cents he'll we'll kind of he'll have me play through it and he'll come in with what he does and it's usually always perfect so um we we kind of do that whole thing um so it was just weird that a song that was written so quickly was just such like a complicated recording process. I don't even I don't even know what made it so hard. I don't know if it's like the fact that it takes a really long time for that song to kind of like get to its its peak. You know, it's it's kind of a slow start a slow middle and then the end is kind of like a heavier thing and we we had a lot of struggle making which like I mean I'm I'm don't get me wrong I'm a hundred percent I'm so proud of that song but I still don't know if we got it how exactly we wanted it. You know, it's as close as I think we were gonna get so we we're like okay we need to put this song out but I think maybe it was just the 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 way that song builds that was just so hard. Um, but Nate's kind of the the mastermind that made it honestly to where it sounds now. So maybe he can kind of give more insight as to why it was like so hard for this song. Um,
2: honestly, like my my wife and I have been talking about it even over, over the last couple of days here, but. Um cause we still listen to it and we're like, man, you know, I, I think there could be adjustments here and there. It's just, you know, it's some songs are simple. Some songs are complicated. You know, there's, there's really, you know, th- that's my simple explanation for it. Um, Mild Hearts, even when we play it live, like um mm-hmm. it's just, it, and it really hits when we play it live and it's, it's a song that we really, you know, kind of just, again it was it was one of those ones we wrote pretty quickly and it's not we didn't like it uh but we just kind of would just like play in rehearsal and then we were rehearsing for our first show at smith's old bar here in atlanta back in september and you know it was a really last minute show and we just kind of threw a set list together and for whatever reason um and like we had asked my wife to play bass with us for the show and we were all we're all playing and Amy was just like learning the songs, like literally a week before the show. Um, and, um, and we, we played it one night and it just like, it just hit differently than it had before. No idea why it just, it just did. And so, um, we just kind of, kind of fell in love with this song kind of again, you know, we really liked it, but just kind of came to the forefront for us. But, um, I just think with that song, it's just, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, it starts off heavy, then it, you know, kind of mellows out for a minute. And then, you know, the end just kind of ends pretty epically. Um, but there's just, there's a lot of moving parts to it and there's a lot of dynamics to it. And at least in my you know, somewhat novice at this point, um, you know, producing and mixing and, you know, whatever I do, Um it, to be able to, like, to be able to to accent different parts and not accent parts and just kind of, like, have those things build naturally and, and really kind of, you know, parts that are supposed to be subtle but still heard, you know, to be able to have all that stuff happen is there, – there's a lot that happens behind the scenes with it, you know, whether it's automation or, you know, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, there's just – there's a lot – I don't know if that song comes across complex, but it really is like, (laughs) I mean, we're not, we're not dream theater or anything, but like, it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a song. that's not, (laughs) it's it's not one, it's not one piece. It's like 16, you know, I think that's probably the, I think that was the most difficult part about it, where you just like, you want to represent each part for what it is. But still have one song all coming together, and so being able to do all of that simultaneously is 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 a pretty difficult process.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Especially this is like your first first real one, like you know, like uh, trying to really produce it and stuff. But I believe um, you. you had someone else master the first two singles. Of this one, did you master this one too? Or did you have someone else do it as well?
2: this one we mixed and then we just there there's a a website online where you can kind of just master it and honestly we did get we we have another version of the song that the guy that the master our first two mixed and master our first two songs did um and it's it's good too um we just kind of liked our ours was a little more raw than what his was at the end of it you know and you know that we, we i don't know you kind of as as like an indie rock band it's kind of like on the cusp of like heavier stuff. And, and like my wife and I, and Isaac and I, we've, we all listen to kind of the same bands coming up and we, <laughs> you know, there's something that I don't know. There's something attractive about those, those old school records that they, you know, somebody recorded on 200 bucks or whatever, and it's not perfect. And it's noisy and it's, you know, all these different things. And you're like, man, I don't know. There's just still something in me that just gravitates towards that, you know, somewhat shitty recording that you're like, man, it's, 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 it's awesome, you know? So like sometimes with the, with the mixes and masters that we get, like they're really polished and that's great, you know? Um, but sometimes that like grittiness is lost. And so sometimes we're kind of in a push and pull with that. And so we decided to go with the mat, the mix and master that we did this time. This was a little grittier than the other one. And so, um, yeah again we're we want to be proud of what we put out and and we we love that song and and it was a it was a struggle but you know it 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 turned out the way we wanted it to
0: (laughs) at the end of the day as long as 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 you're proud of what you've done and what you've put out i think that's like the first goal with that it should be if you're if you're happy with it if you're happy with it then you know you can at least be proud of what you've done. And then, you know, if people really like it, people gravitate toward it, that's even better. But at first you got to paint yourself first. Yeah, exactly. But I totally feel about like, the, I love punk music, like Black Flag, Hand and one of my favorite you know, artists of all time. So like, I totally understand like the grittiness of like punk rock music where, you know, it doesn't sound the greatest. No, it doesn't, but it has that like drive and like energy to it.
2: Yeah, I think Bleach Nirvana's. I don't know. Is their first record? I think it was recorded for a thousand bucks total. Like, I mean,
0: honestly, that's honestly my favorite by them. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Uh, but uh, as I promised, we were we were going to do a uh, game show, which first time debuting this. Uh, so this is that album was released when. So I would give you an album and two years. You have to pick which one uh, is the correct year it was released. All right. Are you ready or not? Yep. (laughs) Let's do it. You guys don't sound ready. (laughs) (laughs) Answer all all these. (laughs) All right. uh, First one, you're going to love this one. Uh, So it's Miley Cyrus, younger now, 2017 or 2010?
2: I think 2010. Uh, No, it's
0: 2017. (laughs) 2017.
1: Damn it! <laughs> I like how we were so confident.
0: <laughs> I, know, I, I saw that. <laughs> Leave with confidence. No. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I even I like Miley Cyrus. Believe it or not. <laughs> All
0: right. Hopefully you can recover. We'll see how this goes. Uh, it's Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, 1976 or 1982.
2: I have my answer, but Isaac, you go for it on this one, buddy.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 76
0: Is that your name? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Isaac <laughs> Not off to a great start here, 1982 Oh no That was my guess
1: <laughs> Your guess was 76 too? No, mine was 1982, but I didn't fare well in the first oh, one So dude, I was going to trust you got, You, you got to sway me in the right direction if I'm lettuce Alright, alright, alright Let's Let's go number three. Let's see Let's see how we do. <laughs>
0: you got to turn this around. I know this is not for any points or anything, but you have to have it for the glory. That's uh,
2: right. That's right. If we don't get another one right, we, this doesn't air. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You cut this
0: out, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Foo Fighters, Wasting Light, 2011 or 1999? 2011. I know that one. Yeah, let's do it. 2011. All right. Back on track. That is correct. I love that record. Dude, <laughs> so that's my favorite by the Foo Fighters. And they recorded it at Dave Grohl in his garage, right?
2: Yeah, there's a whole documentary about it. It's fantastic.
0: All right. Ho- hopefully, luck should turn around. I, I'm going to try not to throw anything too wacky at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've not been doing that the whole time, so why stop? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood, 1981 or 1989?
2: Uh I want to say 81. Yeah, 81. Now we're back off the rails. No! Apparently we apparently we do not know anything about what happened in the 80s. Uh <laughs>
0: Ugh.
2: I felt like that record came out a lot earlier than that. Wow.
1: Anyway. We're we're disappointing Matthew right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's thinking about not
0: airing this whole episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right we're just going to keep going. I'm not going to add anything. Um, all right. White Zombie, Astro Creep 2000, either 1995
1: or 2000. Ooh, this is a tricky one. Isaac. <laughs> I mean, the white zombie. I would say ninety-five. Because I feel like
2: I feel like uh, I feel like Rob Zombie was like solely into Rob Zombie by two thousand. I know that because that's our high school. So yeah, uh, I'm yeah, gonna go with 95, ninety-five
0: too.
2: All right, you got the last question. Nice.
1: <laughs> Did we get fifty percent or are we? Are we more no, like 40%? we're we're one
0: under. Two for, <laughs> two for five. Two for five. Two for five. Sorry, like... everybody. Would, would, <laughs> two for five sounds like a great deal if you're going shopping uh, at a store. Not if you're not. Uh, great on a test. No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Not I'm great in trivia. You in, in trivia. You count last place in
0: trivia. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna burn that and pretend this didn't happen. <laughs> that would be the super cool radio lost media gallery. There you go. There you go. We didn't. We did not get the gift card to the bar. At the no end of the trivia rally. No, nope, you, you didn't even get two tickets to the uh, comedy <laughs> night.
2: <laughs> All I right. need to brush up on my music history. <laughs> I
0: tried to pick some iconic albums too. Yeah, sorry. I you know, I didn't I didn't want to go with like some obscure band like, you know, I I don't know, like Rainbow or something, you know, like some super obscure. I tried to pick <laughs> <it for> something. <laughs> we do know a lot about music, just maybe
2: not years that it came out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I originally because my brother he he had me test out like these games on him to see like could you know would you know normal would people at least have a chance at doing it. I originally didn't have any years. I just told you the album, and he's like, "You should put some years to help people out." And I'm glad he made that suggestion. Yeah,
1: me too. That would have been an absolute nightmare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you got the Foo Fighters. That's one of my favorite bands. So. You guys did okay.
2: (laughs) Who fighters and white zombie? There we go. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. uh, So as we kind of wrap this up, uh, obviously, you know, getting into an hour, uh, close to an hour. uh, What uh, music have you guys been listening to this week? I've, uh, I kind of
1: always listen to me without you they're probably my number one. Um, they've been, they've been a favorite of mine for a long, long time. Um, I listened to microwave. It's a local band from here. They're amazing. i listen to a lot of them. Um, Manchester orchestra is always heavy in my rotation and as cities burn, those are like really my four. Like I go to the gym with my wife, And she's like what did you listen to and it's one of those four bands (laughs) it's like i can't i can't listen to anything new i just i i kind of go i go to to what i love and and that's kind of what i've been loving lately um
2: i my my playlist has been kind of all over the place uh of late i kind of just put on playlists and just kind of listen to whatever whatever's on the playlists um but um, a local band in Atlanta just put out a couple of new singles called All Get Out. They've been around for a long time. Like We used to play with them in our, in our old band. Uh, they were on Manchester Orchestra's label and all that. Um, they put out two new songs that are really, really fantastic. Um, yeah, Jimmy World is honestly always in my rotation. Uh, not the record that everybody knows, Um, but they have um, their last four or five records have just been absolutely fantastic. Um, But I've been listening to their um, stay on my side tonight EP uh, a lot lately. It was just, uh, it was three, it was three songs, uh, a cover of Elliot Smith and a remix of one of their songs. It, It was literally just five, five songs, you know, and it's some of the best music that I have really ever. I mean, recording wise, I mean, just everything. Um, and then, honestly, I've been listening to a lot of like early 90s, just like grunge stuff lately, just kind of like, you know, Bush and Allison Chains and, you know, just <laughs> kind of like some old school stuff. Again, I just, I generally just put it on like a Spotify playlist when I'm on my way to work and just kind of enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I. There hasn't been there's been a few newer songs that I've I've really liked um, this band out of LA called takers levers that they put out three songs called act one act 2 act 3 um, that are really freaking fantastic they're just I mean the songs just kill um, and then um, yeah those are those are kind of the bands I've really kind of and i listen to you without you a lot i listen to manchester orchestra a lot um um the last circus survive actually they they put out an ep last year the year before uh it's four or five songs um it's called uh a dream about death ep uh it's just it's really fantastic um so i've been kind of all over the place with with uh with music but um but yeah the, those are kind of the, those are kind of the things I've been gravitating towards lately
0: <laughs> Well, uh, I do know some of those bands some of the bands I think you gave me some really good music suggestions uh, I haven't heard Jimmy World in uh, probably since when The Middle came out whenever I forget when that was they've put a lot of good stuff out since then you should yeah. go back
1: it is good stuff <laughs> go, go listen to the, the, the record, record Futures good grief yeah.
2: Yeah, the record Futures, and I, I actually sent it to Nolan because uh, we mentioned Jimmy, we're on our, I'm sure you heard it. We mentioned Jimmy, we on our podcast with him, and he was like, man, I haven't listened to them, you know, since, you since know American came out. <laughs> and I I'm both like, you really need to go re- revisit that band. And then so literally maybe a minute and a half after we were off the podcast, I sent him uh, the song 23 from their record Futures. It's like a seven-and-a-half-minute song, but it is, oh, my God. It is, like, one of the best songs that I've ever heard in my life. So that's just homework maybe i don't know but it's a re-
1: it's a really our homework record. is brushing up on uh music history <laughs> <laughs> and album releases yes yeah, an album exactly. release
0: And the funny thing is i gave you a ton of options for game shows and you guys picked that one yeah I that's uh, we did. that's
1: solely my fault name sorry about that <laughs> should go with alice
2: cooper history i might have actually uh, yeah you probably would have killed that <laughs>
0: it was multiple choices. You know, you would have a, what, a 33 and a third chance uh, for each question. So. Yeah.
2: One of my favorite songs I ever learned how to play on drums, like in my classic rock, uh, you know, upbringing was billion dollar babies by, uh, Yes by Alice Cooper. It's one of the most difficult songs I've ever learned in my entire life. Cause there's like a new drum fill every two bars and every single one is completely different. It is completely terrible to learn. <laughs> but anyway
0: <laughs> it sounds amazing when you get it down there i mean I, I i've seen him live like five times and you know it's a it's a staple of the set list anyway and it's just yep. amazing i could talk about alice cooper for a very long time that's awesome really billion dollar babies awesome classic alice cooper off their best-selling album of the same name yep uh so what i've been listening to this week uh i've been listening to this really cool band it kind of reminds me of you guys they are rags and riches i've interviewed them they're from kentucky uh they're really cool because it's like it's like pop indie rock kind of stuff and uh so i've been listening to them obviously i've been listening to you guys bellwether mild hearts and uh, alice cooper so that's kind of been my week nice
1: yeah i'll definitely check out you said rags
0: and riches rags and riches okay awesome uh, yeah. yeah. I'll send you guys their stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'd
1: love to hear it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I saw them live. They're cool. They're, again, they're a two man band, obviously. Cool. Uh, they, have a, they have a drummer and a vocalist, and it, it's it's cool. They got some, they got some tight music. Awesome. Uh, and as we wrap this up, so what's what's the plans for Bellwether for 2022?
1: So we want to play as many shows as we can. Um, we have a ton of music that we just need to release. It's just so hard to find the time to record it and to mix it and to master it and to get it out. But I would say our immediate future, um, we have a song that will hopefully come out in the next month or six weeks hopefully and we're working on a cover as well a nirvana cover that we're we're hoping to get out um and we have songs for an ep which hopefully will come out before the summer um again we're just we have full-time jobs we have wives i have a four-year-old daughter so pretty difficult but yeah the the immediate future you know and probably for the rest of the year is just getting on as many shows as we can and you know releasing all the music that we've got
2: yeah um and and honestly we're just uh, i think the, the the overarching goal i guess is you know right now music and and you know, things in general is is very content based. You know what I mean, and just trying to get as much content out there so that we can kind of grow our followers on Spotify, grow our followers on you know Instagram, Facebook. You know, all the social media stuff that everybody has a love hate relationship with. But um, you know, just trying to grow that that fan base to where we can. You know where when we do release music and we do play shows that we really um, are able to play to people who really want to see us and really want to be a part of what we're doing. So that's kind of like the overarching goal. And then, yeah, like Isaac said, we've got a couple songs we're gonna re- release over the next, you know, probably a month and a half, two months, and then um, and then the EP is is kind of the the next thing. Which you know, some people aren't even re- like releasing EPs now, but we just we've got a collection of songs collection of songs that we really um, want to put out together because they, they kind of all go together. And they, I, I think as one unit, they would be, you know, it would be really great um, to kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you're just like we are still, but like, I, I, I love seeing, sitting down and listening to something from front to back, you know, singles are great. And, you know, being able to put out, you know, music here and there, whenever you want, is a great advantage but also it's there's still a a kind of a lost art to being able to put out like a really great ep or really great record and people can sit down and just listen you know songs one through ten and just like really fall in love with it so um something i don't want to see lost in music and i don't want to be a part of the tide that turns away from it you know so we're gonna we're gonna put out an ep and hopefully you know stick our you know down in the sands of time and hopefully people will uh, show up for it and listen to it so
0: <laughs> but it sounds like some really great goals for you guys I i hope uh, hope there's some new music I'm very curious about the Nirvana cover I look forward to listening to that as well but yeah uh, to me I love albums because like, it, I, I've noticed like bands if they do put out an album they put like most of the album out as singles before the album or before the EP and to me that kind of makes me not want to like buy it or listen to it because like, I've heard all the music on there. I want a little bit of that mystery of yes. you know what's the rest of the music that's going to be on this album.
1: Yeah, we'll probably do like little you know, maybe a teaser of a song, but I, I'm with you 100%. I love getting an album and not really knowing a single song on it. That's like such an amazing feeling. Yeah, because if you like I know a lot of a lot of bands have released a single, you know, three months before and then released a single two months before. And then like you've heard four or five of the 10 songs and it's just kind of like, okay, like it's, it's great still, but having, having 10 songs to just experience all at once is, is amazing.
0: Can't say any better for sure. And, uh, before we go, if people are curious, where can they find Bellwether online?
2: So we're on Spotify, iTunes, all the all the major streaming platforms. Um, so if you just search Bellwether, you know it's it, we're usually the first ones that come up. There's a couple other Bellwether <laughs> uh, adaptations,
1: um, but ours is the only one. that's just Bellwether. Our um pretty much anything at Bellwether Music ATL will pop us up i think that's our facebook our instagram our spotify our we're on tiktok we haven't really figured that out yet but we're we're on it yeah
0: (laughs) at least you're there yeah
1: we're there (laughs) i don't know if yeah we'll we'll try to we'll try to uh enter into that that you know fan base at some point but <laughs> cesspool yeah
0: I think the people who understand that are on there and the people who are like what do i do with this yeah <laughs> i feel like that's me
1: that's
2: me yeah. for sure yeah yeah we're on we're on we're on all the major streaming platforms instagram uh facebook so at Bell- bellwether music ATL and then uh, Bellweather Music is also us, and then um, we're on Bandcamp as well. And we've got merch, and uh, we've got we've got all kinds of stuff out there. So we're we're happy for the support. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I leave leave some links in the description. Make sure to check that out. Please support Bellweather. And as I wrap up this interview, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Great time chatting with you guys. Went way longer than what I expected. <laughs> one time, nevertheless, so. Great time. Please check out Stream Sport. Give a like to uh, Bellwether. Check out the latest single, Mild Hearts, and the rest of the singles they have out so far. And check out the links in the description.
1: And thanks to Matthew and Super Cool Radio. Had a blast. Man, it's been awesome. <laughs>
0: hey, that's that's what I do here on Super Cool Radio. You should have a fun time, or I'll ask you more trivia questions.
2: <laughs> Male We do terribly.
0: <laughs> for Isaac and Nate of Bellweather, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. Stay frosty.